Alrighty, yo, what's going on, y'all? Episode 22 of the Notorious Sports Podcast with your hosts, Ant and Dame, is here. And uh, so much craziness has gone on in the world of sports. Uh, we are just so, we're ready to get into this episode. Uh, we got so much to discuss. There's going to be probably a little bit of arguments here and there in this episode. And I cannot wait to get into it. I'm going to kick it to Ant to run down the show. And we're just going to crack right open into this. All right, y'all. Two big topics today. Um, we're going to do our NFL predictions for the awards at the end of the season. And our Super Bowl predi- prediction. And then we're going to talk about the NBA Finals since they start today because today is Wednesday, the 30th of September. It's finally here. And then we're going to talk about some news around the league, just quick thoughts and things like that that have already come out about teams switching up coaching, stuff like that. Uh, and, and with that, I think we're ready to go. I don't Let's have too, do too much news this yeah. this week. I mean, with the... It'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL as the Titans and Vikings both are facing the outbreak across their teams. But other than that, I mean, college football is back. Back to SEC playing SEC. Yep. As n- none of the preseason games. So, pretty excited, man. Yeah, we're going to – now that, you know, he brought up college football, we are going to discuss college football likely in our next episode for sure. Uh, we want to – you know, we, the only thing that's been, you know, holding back from that is – we haven't known who's going to play. You know what I mean? But now the Big Ten are here, are going to be back, correct? Uh, I think the Pac-12 said they were going to come back, too. Yeah. And then which those were the two yeah. big conferences that weren't going to play at all. Yeah. I mean, the SEC just started because Georgia just played their first game this past Saturday. Well, yes, because most teams, I think the only te- uh, conferences that aren't doing it are the ACC and Big 12 as far as the major, the Power 5 yeah. conferences go. They're the, the only Big Ten, the Big Ten, because the Big Twelve's playing. Well, I'm saying the Big Big Twelve is playing outside. Oh yeah, yeah, my fault. Because I'm the Big Twelve Sorry, right now is ten teams, and you can't have and obviously being one of the ten teams, you'll only play nine games. Yeah. So they threw an extra game in. SEC's playing, only SEC. Big Ten added Notre Dame. Yeah. So they have eleven this year, or no, because they have like twelve teams in the yeah. Big Ten, something like that. Yeah. So they're at like thirteen teams, so they're gonna play a regular full season. And then the Pac-12, obviously, I think there's still 11 or 12 teams, yeah. so they'll play 11 games. Uh, and then the ACC, I think, was having issues, and so yeah. they're uh, playing yeah. outside. They played, like, one or two games outside, something like that. College football will be very fun to discuss. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's get into it, man. Go ahead, and I'll let you start, man. What do you, you want to start with? Uh, let's do these, these NFL awards, man, because the NBA Finals is going to be – and the NBA Finals, the Doc Rivers stuff is going to be very fun to get into. So yeah. or this is going to be fun too, but that's going to be. I mean, yeah, this yeah. Is, this should be pretty quick. Yeah. I think. Uh, as far as I don't, I, I don't think there's much we can explain being yeah. only week three. Yeah. Uh, but what do you want to start with MVP? Yeah, well, I think MVP is a solid start. Okay. So my MVP for the NFL season is going to be Russell Wilson. Okay. Ar- already, we've already seen how he's starting off. Um, He's at 14 touchdowns across three weeks of play. I I think he's at only 24 incompletions across those three games and one interception. And I think this is some of the best football we've seen him play. Um, I feel like he's consistently in the MVP conversation, and I think this is y- his year to finally win it because I'll tell you later on in my in the yeah. episode why. I got Pat Ma- Patrick Mahomes 
uh, Patty Mahomes as my MVP. Um, reason being, we've seen already how he's won an MVP now. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. Um, and just the other day, you know, he's re- you know he's ranked four, uh, you know, among his peers, and you know he made no- he made note of that, you know, after he threw his what was it, his fourth touchdown against the the Ravens the other night. On Monday, he goes one, two, three, four, yeah, and and points, and it's a. Uh, I I think he's going to be the MVP because, for one, the Chiefs have a chance to win fourteen or fifteen games, uh, with him under center, or all of their games, or, or all of their <laughs> yeah again, you know, I I didn't want to go that far because I don't. I mean, it's the NFL, man, and it's just every given Sunday. But he's amazing. Uh, he is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, and Russell Wilson's looking phenomenal. But Patrick Mahomes is better. Like, when you watch them play, you're like, man, Russell Wilson, he's amazing. We we watch Lamar Jackson, you're like, wow, Lamar Jackson is amazing. But you watch Patrick Mahomes and you're like, I don't, you have no words. You're just like, man, this guy's like, this reminds you of like prime Aaron Rodgers. Like 2011, Aaron Rodgers, just flick of the wrist. You know what I mean? It, it, it's Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He's that dude, and he's played phenomenal to start the year. And uh, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Now he just he just turned 25, I believe. So since you mentioned him, I don't have him on any of these lists. But Aaron Rodgers is not looking too bad so far this oh, season. Oh no, either. he's looking phenomenal as well. A dark, uh, you know, dark horse. Uh, shout out to my boy Raul. He said Josh Allen was his dark horse. Um, do you have a dark horse MVP candidate off the top of your head? Josh Allen. Josh It'd Allen. Probably be Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, um, being my fantasy quarterback that he <laughs> is, <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen, I've been following his stats pretty closely, and I think the Stephon Diggs move helped him out a lot more than yeah. I could have anticipated, mm-hmm. because that's we're actually seeing him have a option to throw to. Yeah. And he still can make plays with his legs, which I think he's very. I th- for some reason I still think people are ignoring the fact that he is a big dude that can move out of the pocket um i i agree um my dark horse though even i mean he's not really a dark horse but it's aaron Rodgers. um because if this is going to be another year where Devontae adams is plagued by injuries and they win 13 games again they win you know they go 13 and 3 12 and 4 which is very likely they can do that they're already what are they right now they're 3 and 0 already correct they yeah. haven't lost yet uh, and I mean, they blew the doors off. I mean, if you watch the Saints game, they were in command of that ball game for much of the second half. I mean, they're a very, very. Even though that defense is still suspect, in my opinion, uh, Preston Smith with half a sack through three games. Um, I think that pass rush is a little is is a little bit overrated. Uh, their secondary is very good though. So, but I think uh, Aaron Rodgers and I think Aaron Rodgers, if they win 13, 14 games, it's going to be a very interesting conversation to have. Uh, yeah, it's going to be because because of him. He he's amazing. But, yeah. Um, if you had anything else to comment, if not, I can go to offensive rookie of the year. No, no, go for it. Um, and our it'll be offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and then rookie of the year. Correct? Is that how you wanted to do it? I just did offensive and defensive. I didn't pick a rookie. Okay. I can do it off the top. Of my yeah, head. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the same thing. Um. Offensive rookie of the year for me. I'll do offensive and defensive rookies. Uh, offensive rookie of the year for me is going to be Joe Burrow. Um, he's looked very good uh, throughout these first three games. Uh, very, very calm, po- uh, calm, cool, collected in the pocket. Um, when the play breaks down, he's making excellent plays with his legs, both running and on throwing on the run outside of the pocket. He's been a, a true three-level uh, pass thrower. It's just been it's been amazing to watch because. As you've heard, like the, I've compared him, like if he can have a career similar to Alex Smith, uh, Colin Cowherd's in the boat of Tony Romo, 
that either of those would be fine, and it'd be a, a success at, at a number one pick. Joe Burrows looked amazing. Uh, the offensive line is very shaky. I mean, for Zach Taylor to trust this his, his first-year quarterback to throw 61 times when they didn't need to, I understand the run game was in rice, essentially. It was done. But, I mean, you still put it in his hands and said, okay, I'm confident that my, my second – my my rookie starting only second games, uh, his second game can throw sixty one times. I mean that's amazing. You know that speaks volumes to him as a player right now already and where he can go. So I think it's going to be Joe Burrow. Oh oh, defense. My fault. My fault. Yeah, that defense is going to be uh, even though he's going to miss next week. It's going to be Chase Young. Chase Young. Uh, he pull, he uh, pulled his groin. He'll miss one week. Uh, he'll mi- he'll miss the Sunday against the Ravens. But he's already at two and a half sacks. Uh, through two games, he only played one quarter of that Browns game, uh, and and I and I believe he collected a pressure in that in the one quarter he played, uh, two and a half sacks. He's he's in the, he's in the top. I think he's tied. Uh, he's in the top ten for sacks already. Uh, you have like six people tied for for. It's like yeah, it, like all the spots are tied. Yeah, because it's like yeah, it's only week three, but he's at two and a half sacks already for a rookie. Uh, he's lived up to every expectation that I've had for him. Uh, that Washington fans have had for him, what the pre-draft had for him. Uh, he is amazing. And um, I think even though he'll miss him, he might miss one week. And, heck, I mean, we're not going to win many games this year, despite, you know, even if he's healthy just because our team's, you know, kind of in the dumps right now. Uh, I would rest him for as long as possible, and I still think he manages to get double-digit sacks. And if that's the case, he needs to be defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he, he's his impact from a Washington fan who – you know, not to, not to toot my own horn, but I think I know a little bit about football, and um, he his impact is just insane. Um, and then do you want me to tell my rookie of the year too? Just yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow. Well, I'm sorry for this, uh, the listeners. This is gonna be pretty anticlimactic. <laughs> I have I have it the exact same. I oh have, really? <laughs> I have Joe Burrow and Chase Young, and Joe. Off the top of my head, I'd probably pick Joe Burrow mm-hmm. just from a rookie of the year standpoint. Obviously, quarterbacks are going to get more love than most players. We've seen it in the past, like especially with and even MVPs. Like we saw the year J.J. Watt was unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers won it yeah. because it's tough to give awards to defensive players over offensive players. Uh, but yeah, Joe Burrow been amazing. I think it's we we can tell that he's not on a nearly as skilled team as it w- that would favor him mm-hmm. like T Higgins has look has looked good for him the, his rookie receiver and then other than that it's it's very tough as yeah. far as skill rise cuz AJ Green's disappeared disappeared I aging don't I don't know what happened there I, yeah like Tyler Boyd and T, or not to cut, not to but to no, uh, Tyler Boyd in, in week two against the Eagles, I think he had like ten for a buck fifty. T. Higgins had like six catches and two touchdowns, and like I don't know where AJ Green is in this mix. Like I, it's I, like he's lost. I'm not gonna lie, I don't watch Cincinnati yeah. games like that. I've been watching yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I I couldn't tell you even if AJ Green was on the field for the games. D- yeah, because I, I caught I caught a uh, midway through the fourth quarter and overtime of that game, and I'm like, where is AJ Green again? Where like where where did he go? But anyways, keep going. Oh, that, that's really all I had is okay. he's just not on the top team. Mm-hmm. Like by far, LSU was the most skilled team last year in college football. Yeah, and then to go from that from to arguably the worst team in the NFL, 
that's tough. But he's still shown that he's like, yeah, I'm that dude. Like, I can do this. Obviously, with you mentioned the 61 yeah. attempts, which is ridiculous. My only thing is, like, I hope that they're focusing on, like, his throwing motion and whatnot so he doesn't inj- injure his sho- shoulder throwing that much. But, yeah. man, he can sling that thing. Um, I really, since we're on the topic of a rookie quarterback, I really want to give some praise to Justin Herbert because uh, my man Herbert's looked pretty good as well. Um, he threw, he threw, a, I, I believe it was, it was l- this past Sunday, because uh, I don't think it was against the Chiefs where he threw a pretty nasty interception, but um, he's just a baller. He's just a baller, just making things happen. Um, you know, they're 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 a team, another team that I think Anthony Lynn has shown flashes of being a good coach, but I don't, I wouldn't say he's a good coach overall. Um, I would like to see him in there with a better offensive mind. Uh, because Herbert's done done fine in in in, in my book, um, I just wish I think he's a dark horse for rookie of the year. But I just wish he had more time and more more reps with the first team because he wasn't getting that opportunity much in practice before um, the games began. And now that the games are here, because Tyrod was supposed to be the the fill in for sure starter, and I mean even now Anthony Lynn hasn't even fully uh fully embraced nor has he um, backed. Justin Herbert as the, the full-time starter. So um, I hope, you know, Herbert's situation doesn't kind of hurt him a little bit here. Uh, but all in all, I do like Justin Herbert a lot, and I'm and I'm glad he's succeeding. Yeah, I'm curious as to see, like, how good Tyrod Taylor looked. Post like, punctured lung? Well, before. Oh, before? Like, yeah. you picked him as the starter. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's a playoff-level quarterback. We've seen mm-hmm. him get the bills there. But – what did like? How good did he look yeah. for you to pick him over Herbert? Or, or, or did you just pick him because he's a veteran? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what what decision went in there? Was it we're gonna see how our vet can do before throwing this rookie in there? Kind of like what the Texans did with Deshaun his rookie year. Yeah, it only took like a half. But like, is that where we were, or is Tyrod showing glimpses of something we haven't seen on the field? Yeah, that's what I'm curious to see. I, I saw on Hard Knocks uh, right before we close on this. I saw on Hard Knocks that that uh, Melvin Ingram picked off Justin Herbert one time in practice. Uh, he dropped into the into the hook to curl there, and uh, he Herbert wasn't expecting that, and uh, he didn't even see him. And Ingram just picks it off and houses it, and it's just like okay, that's a rookie mistake. Like you know what I mean? And I'm sure he showed that, but yeah, I'm I uh, I'm I'm excited to watch Herbert. I like Herbert a lot, um, and I like Joey B a lot too. So. Uh, I'm now my man Tua, the guy that I'm, you know, most high on in that class. I, I can't wait to see him too. Yeah. Um, but we can go to offensive and defensive player of the year and comeback player of the year. All right. Do go you want to no, do you want to split it? offensive first? Yeah, yeah. You can, no, you can do the whole thing. Do all three. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll do offensive first. So mine, I had Patrick Mahomes because, I mean, we see him create so much offense and so much for that team. Um. The reason I have Russell Wilson as MVP is I think he's going to elevate the – I don't think the Seahawks as a team are on the same page as the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs have the better team. That's why I think Russell Wilson levitates – Elevates. Elevates <laughs> this team so much. Uh, So that's why I have him as MVP and Patty as Offensive Player of the Year because – the amount of offense he creates for the better yeah. team is just ridiculous. And then my defensive player of the year, my boy's going back to back. I got Stephon Gilmore. Okay. Again. Um, and mainly uh, when I was thinking about it, I was looking 
through diff- just a different top defensive players at each position. I, I have it because I think a big part, watching New England especially, a big part of their success is going to be on the defense and him being the best defensive player on that team. I I think I think his play is going to determine a lot of how some of the games are decided. Like how he matches up against the best receivers in the AFC is is going to de- is going to depend a lot on their success. Nice. So that's that's why I have him there. And then my comeback player of the year is Cam Newton. I mean, it's a guy we've seen injured the last couple of years and already already looking pretty solid through the first three weeks and I, I don't really I can't really think of anybody else that the level he's playing at um, but I don't think there's many people someone else that's going to be really up there with him because I mean it was last episode we did our playoff predictions I have the I have the Patriots going to the playoffs and so if he can come back after what how many games he played last year yeah two like two and then come back and lead a team to the playoffs, I think it's a pretty easy decision. Um, my offensive player of the year is going to be Nick Chubb. Um, I think it's going to be Nick Chubb because the Browns' formula to win games is not um, is not Baker Mayfield throwing for 40 times a game. Um, their formula is our pass game opens up via the run game. The run game opens up everything for us. And Nick Chubb has looked sensational throughout three weeks. Um, I believe he has back-to-back 100-plus-yard yard, 100 yard games, um, two touchdowns in, in two straight games. Just he looks amazing, and they're feeding him. They're feeding Chubb, uh, and rightfully so. He is, you know, one of the best backs in the league, and he's going to have a huge year. Um, Baker Mayfield and the Browns will never will not win consistently in the NFL with the ball in his hands primarily. That needs to be a run-first offense, a run-first team. And it's a bit, you know, underwhelming and pretty sad because you have great receiver talent around him. But guys like Austin Hooper, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry, um, I don't think they're best utilized in a run-first offense. But with Baker Mayfield under center, at least for right now, that's what it needs to be. And that's what it will be. Nick Chubb will have a phenomenal year. Um and for some people asking, like, oh, if you said offensive players are going to win MVP, why are they not offensive players of the year? Uh, typically, that's not how it goes. Like, last year, Lamar Jackson won MVP, but Michael Thomas was offensive player of the year. Typically, it, they don't both win both in yeah. the NFL. Uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, I forgot to mention, my, my, my offensive player of the year changed. It was going to be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But obviously, he's going to be out for three. Yeah. They, I think they put him on IR. IR, but yeah. it's because they changed the IR rules this year to mm-hmm. you can get come off after three weeks. Yeah. So I think it was just to bring up an extra guy off the practice squad or something like that. But if if he were to play a full season, I think we mentioned it a couple of t- episodes yeah. ago that I, I fully believed he was going to go for another 1,000. Yeah, for sure. Um, who knows? He could still do it somehow missing three games because of, of how many times he touches the ball in a game. And he said he wanted to come back in two weeks. So yeah, <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my defensive player of the year. Oh, I wanted it to be Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald has looked phenomenal, and he is probably my favorite player of the 2010s is probably Aaron Donald just to watch, man. He is a beast, and I hope he proves me wrong. But my defensive player of the year is going to be T.J. Watt. Uh, T.J. Watt's leading – or he's second in in sacks so far, and T.J. Watt has looked phenomenal this year. He's taken that leap – 
that I, I think I think it's time. I think it's time to put him among the elite pass rushers in the league. Um, they don't ask him to do a ton in coverage, but he does make the most out of every situation when asked in coverage. So TJ Watt's going to be that guy. Uh, he's a. I cannot tell you how how good of a pass rusher he is. He takes a lot from his brother. Uh, you know, I think he's a little bit more athletic than than his brother. I think he's a little bit more fluid on the lower half. Uh, just a great player. He's a little smaller, isn't he? He's yeah. like six three. Yes, yeah. I believe so. JJ's just a, a JJ's like a, six six. And he's a mountain of muscle. And, yeah, um, and that that helps, but yeah. it also hurts. Yeah, a lot T- of TJ does everything. Like he he's a very good player. And I think once he leads the league in sacks, spoiler alert, whenever we go down, um, I think that's going to you know catapult him into the conversation for defensive player of the year because I think he'll lead the league in sacks. And um, his impact is that good, especially if the Steelers make the playoffs. Uh, he's arguably the best player on that defense uh, with him and Minka Fitzpatrick. So uh, that's my defensive player of the year. And then we have the same comeback player of the year. It'll be Cam Newton. Uh, I said the Patriots weren't going to make the playoffs just because I saw – the amount of talent that they lost and people who sat out. And I said, man, it's really hard for them th- for me to envision that. Uh, but now through three games, they showed they can beat you with Cam primarily being a runner and Cam being primarily a passer. And they both look very good. Uh, New England's offense has never been the one to put up crazy points unless they had Randy Moss. Uh, and they've only had him. They only had him for two years. So obviously they have, they don't, you know, that's not their style of play primarily with Josh McDaniels, but Cam Newton has looked phenomenal. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. He looks like a top ten quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, I I would like to say like a lot of the Patriots' success is gonna come between I think the communication between McDaniel's and Cam. Because if I'm Cam, I I want the ball in my hands to win the game against the Seahawks. But when we run the ball in twice with me with the same formation, like I if I'm him, I'm gonna be like, why don't we try this coach? Because like obviously he still doesn't know the full playbook because. His teammates are saying he's still studying it on the flights to each game because obviously they didn't play preseason and whatnot. But I think a lot of their success is going to come between the communication between those two. Because in a situation like that where you should have won the game a couple plays earlier with a touchdown pass to Edelman, um, I I think you got to be like, Cam needs to recognize, yeah, Julian Edelman is having himself a game. Can we get the ball, try to get the ball to him or give me an option to roll out, not just run straight up the middle? I think it's a lot of communication between those two that's going to mm-hmm. determine whether the Patriots go 9-7 and seven or 7-9. Seven and nine. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, we can honestly do the sack and the interception leaders. And the coach of the year. We can just group that. And then the last one we can do. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll start. Um, my interception leader will be Marlon Humphrey. Uh, elite corner, top three corner in the game. Uh, right now, it's very hard because I think Tredavious White's a phenomenal player. But I think Gilly's number one. I think probably Jalen Ramsey's at two. And then Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. Um, but Marlon Humphrey's elite, uh, and he's already had an interception already this season. Um, teams still throw his way. In Baltimore, they run a combination, a lot of man and zone. They like to mix it up a lot. Either way, if the ball's thrown in Marlin's way, he always makes a play on the ball, uh, always locks up the other team's best receiver. He's going to have a great matchup this weekend against Terry McLaurin. I can't wait to watch that. But I think Marlon Humphrey will take it this year. One of the better cover, one of the best cover corners in the game, a true man corner, something that's lost in this day and age. 
uh, sack leader, like I mentioned, T.J. Watt. I don't think I need to go more into that. And then coach of the year uh, is going to be Andy Reid. Uh, I'll kind of go more into that next. <laughs> uh, so my interception leader, first of all, it's so tough because, mm-hmm. like you said, like off the top of our head, I can't even probably rank the top five. I can probably just say that Stephon Gilmore is probably the best. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, and like I said, for him being defense, defense player of the year, I have him as the interception leader because I feel like he's going he's going to have to do it um, in order for them to go over that 500 and push into the playoffs. Um, and then my sack leader, uh, I had to I had Chandler Jones slash Aaron Donald. Chandler Jones had a 19 sack season last year. Um, and I don't see him just falling off that. I think it's very. I I think it's very rare that it's going to be nineteen nineteen back to back because very few players have done it. I think the only people I can think that have done back to back something like that is JJ when he did twenty and twenty back to back. Did Aaron Donald do twenty twenty? He did twenty and eighteen and a half, I believe. So like, even that, like even it's going to half mm. a sack and a half. So oh no, he gets eighteen instead of nineteen. Yeah. Or nineteen and a half, whatever he was at. Um, and I think last year he was a half a game behind. Um, it was Shaq Barrett that won it last year, I think. Yep. Um, so he was a half a sack out of getting it last year. So I don't doubt that he can be up there again. And then I had Aaron Donald as well. Um, as much as he rushes and hurries the quarterback, this, he's just bound to get 15-plus. So I had him. And then my coach of the year, I had Bill Belichick because a, a lot of – us, us being me, is like, oh, they're tanking for Trevor. Yeah. And you can see that's not Bill's philosophy, mentality, philosophy yeah. at all. He's like, nah. He's like, nah, we go, we go into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to make it happen. He's like, we in the subway on the plane going to, going <laughs> to, going to playoffs. Yeah, now he's, now he's Mr. Big Shot Bill and everything. Yeah. Uh, speaking to Chandler Jones before we go into the Super Bowl prediction, I don't know how he's still underrated. People literally like just forget about Chandler Jones, and I don't know how he's been elite like for like the past five seasons. Yeah, it's just I, I was looking at the stats because I was like, I looked at the list because I was like, who on this list I think will elevate their game? I was like looking at past sacks list, and he's up there every freaking year. And yeah, just he's an amazing player. Like, very, <laughs> very rarely do we hear people say like, oh yeah, Chandler Jones, yeah, top defensive player. Um, but man, he can play. My Super Bowl prediction. Uh, is going to be Packers and Chiefs, a rematch of Super Bowl One. Yes, the very first Super Bowl ever was Packers and Chiefs, um, and, I, and I think I think <laughs> it's gonna I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna happen this year. Uh, I think the Buccaneers are gonna, you know, look very good. Uh, but uh, as I've watched Tom Brady throughout these three games, that arm is dying, folks. I'm seeing it. The balls that need to be driven, that out, your corner routes, balls that need to be that need to hit the back pylon are dying. They're not. They're they're dying before they hit their receiver's hands. I'm telling you. Dying before they hit his hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think they're gonna beat Green Bay. I think Green Bay is gonna pull it out, especially how how good they've looked the past three weeks. I know Seattle has looked phenomenal, and I know Seattle. Whenever they play Green Bay, something crazy happens. I know last year the Packers beat Seattle, but Seattle's had a good has had crazy things happen when they play Green Bay. They had the crazy. Uh, uh, when the when the refs were um, the replacement refs were in there, they had the crazy simultaneous catch game. They had the botched onside kick where they beat the Packers in the playoffs. I, I don't I don't know, 
But all I know is that this time, Aaron Rodgers is not letting that happen. And I, he didn't let it happen last year, and he's not going to do it this year. Now with this new philosophy that Matt LaFleur has implemented that Aaron Rodgers has fully bought into, um, I do think they need to get a receiver, though, for sure. Especially if Devontae's injury plagued, they need to go get, go out and get one on the training block. T.Y. Hilton might be nice for Green Bay. Um, I think uh, Indianapolis would move off of him. but Or A.J. Green, like we were talking about, because, you know, he disappeared <laughs> in Cincinnati. But uh, I think the Packers go there. And, again, the Chiefs. I mentioned Pat Mahomes already. Andy Reid's the, probably the best offensive mind in the league. Him and Eric uh, Benyemi, uh the offensive coordinator, he needs to be a coach immediately. Um, something that I think the Texans should probably look at after they fire Bill o, terrible Bill O'Brien this year. This week. <laughs> but um, they're going to make it happen. They're just that good. They have a great pass rush. Their secondary is not great, but their pass rush – it, it puts so much less pressure on their shoulders. It just it they're they're a great team inside and out. So yeah, um, I I like it. I like it. Uh, I have the Chiefs Seahawks. Um, my main reason being is for my MVP P pick uh, is Russell Wilson. I think he's gonna elevate the Seahawks to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, but. I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, we've seen the Chiefs play who we thought to be two of the better teams in the AFC already. I, I thought the Texans were probably the best in their division. Turns out we were probably wrong about that. Uh, but even against the Ravens, like, against the sack, he w- or sack, against the Blitz, he was, I think he was 17 to 21 for, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns. And so, like, under pressure, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go this way and just yeah, fling it downfield. So, like, I mean, the separation between them, like I said, is just ridiculous. Like, other AFC teams can't sniff what the Chiefs do. Um, and like you said, like, yeah, every Sunday is different, so they may lose one or two games here. But once the playoffs come, I don't, they're not losing. Yeah. Um, and so I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Um, but – the the NFC is a little tougher, but I I think Seattle will pull it out probably. Um, the only reason not would be is if the Packers go get another receiver because without another receiver, I'm not too too worried about uh, Allison Lazard beating me. That's hey, the don't name, sleep right? on my man Allen Lazard, man. Alan, he was Allen. Yeah, he Dr- was Geronimo Allison. Is what yeah. I was thinking about yeah. Allen Lazard, you know who's the number one recruit back in Iowa back 2014? Yeah, dudes just like that, but. Yeah, no. They but him by himself. Receiver. Yeah, no. him by himself. I'm not scared. Yeah, like him as a second option with Devonta Adams healthy. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's our NFL portion. We might as well just jump right into the NBA. You know, Doc Rivers was fired. He's uh, in Philly today. He's in Philly today. I don't know where Doc Rivers fits best. Uh, everyone seems to love his his defensive mantra. His defensive philosophy, um, you know, he just had you know two of arguably the greatest perimeter defenders, you know, since everyone since since Scotty and, and Scotty and Mike, you know, the two greatest perimeter defenders since them, and uh, <laughs> and they, you know, got out in the second round again. They blew a three-one lead again. Doc Rivers, outside of a big three in Boston, winning the ring in two thousand eight, has had a track record of a lot of. Uh, playoff failures so uh, I think last year he did a great job coaching 
um, you know, with a team without a superstar. This year, though, it seems like he just can never get over, over the hump when with adequate talent. So, I mean, while I, I wouldn't say I'm – I was sh- I was shocked when I heard it, but after kind of letting it digest, I'm kind of like, man, it just – Kawhi Leonard and Paul George wanted him out. Uh, you know, I wish there was some more accountability on their part, but, you know, it's the NBA super, superstars. Only if Unless you're LeBron, superstars don't get blamed. No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think – it was Kawhi and Paul George. I think it was just Ka- Kawhi. I don't think they listened to what Paul George had to say after how he played <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> They'd be like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't surprised by it. I'd like to see him go to, like, honestly, a, a worse team. Like, the Sixers are pretty bad, but it's just because they don't have spacing. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty simple fix for anybody who knows a deep, little bit amount of basketball. Is Yeah. Yeah, no one can shoot. Of course, you're not gonna be good. <laughs> Two bigs sitting on the blocks next to each other. Yeah, you're gonna be a six seed, seven seed. Um, so I'd I'd rather see him go to like. I'm trying to think of what what teams all need a coach like a. Like a young team, maybe like New Orleans, but even then, I don't like it. I would have liked to see him go to the Bulls to see how good of a coach he actually was, like with. Just. I mean, maybe you see what's up. With Orlando, didn't he used to play for Orlando? I think Doc Rivers did. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe. I I don't even I don't know I don't I don't, I don't know where a strong defensive minded coach fits in such a transcendent offensive league. You know what I mean? Miami. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, they got you know arguably the best coach of basketball. <laughs> Just does everything. <laughs> but. Um, as far as I mean, we can we can kind of discuss a little bit Dan, about Mike D'Antoni. I think Mike D'Antoni's best fit is in if Oladipo stays is in Indiana. I think with Brogdon and Oladipo, Miles Turner, you know, a shooting big. I think Sabonis is kind of the odd man out, but they're not going to move off Sabonis. Um, I think Indiana is a good fit for Mike D'Antoni, but again, D'Antoni's system doesn't well in Houston wasn't centered around motion, so. Of course, that offense is going to get stagnant and die out in the playoffs in the postseason. You know, when you're playing the same team four, five, six, seven times a game, so or uh, a series. So, but yeah, um, I I think Indianapolis needs to see what they're going to do with Oladipo first. Like, if they can get another, uh, what will we call him? A B, probably level All Star. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they can get another All Star for him, D'Antoni. But if they're going to have to move off of him for lower level players i don't know how much d'antoni fits there without a all-star level player i mean sabonis made it but i'm talking about like a guard yeah uh for him because he's typically a better guard coach i mean with steve nash in phoenix yeah uh i mean i i don't see him doing too too much with i think i think from what I've seen of Malcolm Brogdon, I I I like him being the second option out of the guards. Yeah. Um. I don't know if he's that first option guy. So if you can get a solid level, shoot, I guess it'd have to be a shooting guard since Brogdon plays the one. Like then you get go and get D'Antoni. But it seems to me like Oladipo is kind of one foot out the door because every interview or anything I've seen of him is he's like I'd be willing to move off Indi- Indiana. But yeah, um, we can just end with the finals. The finals start tonight. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna put out a tweet on my Twitter as far as obviously on my Twitter. I'm gonna put out a tweet saying what I'm going to be looking for in the Lakers and Heat series. Uh, but I'll say it on here too. Basically, that Miami zone is gonna force the Lakers to win on the perimeter on shooting. You know the deep ball. Um, the Lakers don't have consistently hot shooters like that. Obviously, the Heat do. They have the, you know your Duncan Robinsons, your Tyler Heroes. Jay Crowder can get hot. Iggy can get hot. Um, Goran Dragic can shoot the three. Either they might even run Kenny, uh, sets with Kelly Olynyk uh, in lineups that don't have LeBron and they have AD. So they're going to run a plethora of lineups that have shooters, shoot, shoot, shoot offensively. And defensively, they're going to run that zone. And they're going to make guys like LeBron, because LeBron struggled a bit jump, shoot, jump shooting this year. He can get very hot. We've seen that. Yeah. And he's proven to shoot the basketball well. But there's been games where he struggled immensely uh, shooting jump shots. Danny Green, don't even get me started. Uh, Alex Caruso, as much as I like him, he struggled to shoot from three from deep this postseason. KCP's very up and down. Kyle Kuzma's very up and down. Um, I think Marcus Morris and I think J.R. Smith needs to see time, a lot of time. Not not like 30 minutes or 20 minutes, but he needs to see 12 to 16 minutes a night, J.R. Smith. Because beating that zone, Miami's forcing you to win on the perimeter. Who better than to get someone that's played with LeBron, you know, out of what happened, he's been playing with LeBron since 2015 and it's 2020. Four out of the last five years. Three out of the last five years. Play with LeBron. Knows everything he does. And JR will play defense. I mean, that's he's a willing, not an elite defender by no means, but he's a willing defender, you know? Um, but like I said, LeBron's jumper can't come and go very often and he needs to stay here. I understand there's going to be a game probably where that jumper is just in rice. Like when you get water in your phone, you just throw it in rice and fix it. Same thing with LeBron's J. It's just going to need to sit in rice for a game or two. Um, but it needs to be here because the Lakers will need it uh, to beat that zone. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis is going to have a field day with Bam. Even though Bam's a good defender, Bam struggled a lot uh, guarding against, guarding AD. Uh, LeBron's hit up Miami 51 in recent memory. Last season, I believe, hit, hit the heat up 51 points. And that was LeBron on a torn groin. So... I think, I mean, if it sounds overly Lakers biased, I'm not necessarily biased in it, but I know the Lakers are going to win. Uh, and I think the Lakers are going to take care of it in five. Um, If anyone knows how to guard LeBron, it's going to be Eric Spolstra. Um, but it is going to come down to, I think, the superstar duo is what's going to do it to him because every video I've seen of how the Heat have been guarding LeBron in the past, whatever, two seasons, him last year in L.A. and this season before in Cleveland. Um, it all comes down to when it was just LeBron and not really a true, true second all-star superstar level player because it's kind of like what they did to Milwaukee. They were throwing two players at Giannis. Like if when the screen comes up, screener comes up and then the guy fa- cu- goes over the screen so he can't come back and whatnot. But that guy screening now is AD. Like, it's going to be that guy. Like, we saw seen how AD's been playing. Um, so it's going to be a lot more interesting to me seeing how they rotate to AD from how they typically play LeBron. Uh, but I, I think the Heat are going to try and make it to where they play a lot of rotations, which they already do on defense. But as far as it's going to have to be Danny Green in the corner making three or four threes before we change our scheme. Yeah. 
Um, and you mentioned Kelly Olynyk. If Kelly Olynyk gets eight or nine points a game, that's good. That's good for Miami mm-hmm. because I need you to make two threes, um, and I need you to get a couple rolls to the basket, and that's all I need you to do. And I need you to be a big body when it's just eighty on in there. Um, so Miami's amount of players they can switch in and out, I think benefits them. But man, it's it's different when like Eric Spoelstra said it best. He's like he, they asked him after they won that how do you feel about playing LeBron or whatever and he laughed he's like let us just rest for the night like yeah. <laughs> come on now he's like I'm not not thinking about that game till tomorrow and that just tells you like Eric Spolster is like yeah I know who I have to play I've coached him yeah he's like I've seen what he does I've seen what he did in Boston I was yeah. there on the sideline <laughs> like he's like I know what I have to do I know what we got to figure out in a day mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I don't want to count Miami out at all because at first at first and foremost I don't I didn't see them out of the second round and then when they got a third round I was like okay they match up against Boston really well but I don't know if they're the better team than Boston and then well I was wrong about that so I I wouldn't be surprised if it went to six because LA hasn't been playing good in game ones and Miami's been playing very good in game ones and then I, I just don't see a team full of like Bam said it. He it's guys with chips on their shoulders. I don't see a team like that going out in five. So I'll probably ha- I'll have the Lakers in six. Okay. Um, I think another thing the Lakers are gonna have to look for and uh, take advantage of is the fact that Bam gets a little antsy when they run that zone, and he tends to overhelp. He rotates very strong to the yeah. rim and overhelps a lot, leaving the corner open. So like you mentioned with Danny Green's threes in the corner, Danny's gonna have to be hitting. If if Caruso's in the corner, Caruso, Kuzma. Uh, Marcus Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris has been able to get hot from three a couple games, yeah. uh, but that needs to come. It, it cannot be going like that. And that's where it would be good to get the Jr. Smith yep. in the corner there, yep. or J- like Danny on the wing and Jr. there. So if they rotate yep. to Danny, you got Jr. Smith in the wing, which yep. probably his better spot is the yeah. wing when he, when he shoots. But yeah, it, it's it, in the finals. You're going to be uncomfortable, but you got to got to get comfortable with so much unfamiliarity while in the finals playing against a team like Miami. Yeah, you have to take advantage of what they give you, uh, and if and if they blink first and they try to switch things up, that'll only benefit the Lakers. If they try to go to a more man man up, just playing them straight up, I think that's going to benefit uh, the Lakers immensely. Frank Vogel will love to start running crazy motions, uh, and there's even times where you see LeBron cutting off the ball, and just for easy lay dunk. I mean. It's it's possible. And I mean, even earlier in the season, Bam did struggle against AD when they kind of went to more man-to-man yeah. set. So I hope for the Heat, Spolster remembers that and kind of has been watching the Lakers doing his film all day today and yesterday, uh, figuring out how they're going to play him. But I, I, could, I can see this being a better finals than I feel like a lot of people are on Twitter and media are giving it because this Heat team got here for a reason. Yeah. Like they're here for a reason. Um, people saying Jimmy Butler went to Miami for the beach and the culture, like obviously dumb, dumb. didn't realize. Like, I mean, it's kind of apparent now he wasn't the problem anywhere. Yeah, like what he was saying in Minnesota. Yeah. Now whose side are we? Like whose side are we really on? Yeah. Like where's Minnesota at right now? They said they said a a, <laughs> a grinder. Went to went to a place to go to the beach. Yeah, can you believe that? Like, yeah, I'm I'm telling you, man. I don't want to even rant too much because we're about to close the episode. But yeah, 
man, there's so many people, man. They they give them these platforms, man. ESPN, Fox Sports, all these CBS, you know, Sirius XM Radio, just to spew gibberish. I mean, spew nonsense. Like Jimmy, if you know the story about Jimmy Butler, if you know what happened with Jimmy Butler growing up and to this point, man, you would never even think, you know, that he would he would even think about coming to a a, a team because they have a beach. You know what I mean? And even that, going to a team with a bunch of other dudes with chips on their shoulder. Duncan Robinson Mm -hmm. was undrafted. Kendrick Nunn, undrafted. Kendrick Nunn, undrafted. (laughs) Bam, lived in a trailer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyler Hero is just a dog. Yeah. Like. You know what I mean? Goran Dragic, been in the league for, for years. Jay Crowder, multiple teams. Iggy, just got kicked to the curb by Golden State out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? It's just a bunch of guys who are like, we're Let, we're here for this. Let's win. Yeah, uh, and I respect them a hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, I'm done. I'm chilling. Uh, thank y'all very much for you know tuning in. Heat and nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank y'all very much for another for tuning in and giving us all this love, showing us all this love. Shout out to the YouTube community as well. Shout out to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you're hearing this, shout out to you too. And uh, SoundCloud listeners, all y'all, thank y'all very, very much. And we're about to get out of here, so go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at D.A. Bartonic. That's at A-R-T-O-N-E-K. And follow our Twitter, at Ant and Dame. That's at A-N-T-A-N-D-D-A-M-E. Use the hashtag Ant and Dame and show us some love. Thank y'all very, very much. And while y'all are on Twitter, go ahead and follow me, at Anthony F. Joseph Zero. And y'all just have a, have a great finals, man. I just hope y'all have a really good time watching the finals. Later, y'all.